Football Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to the Italian Football Podcast. I'm Carlo Garganese, joined as always by Nima Tavali. So, Napoli are nearly there. A historic win in Turin against Juventus means that Napoli could win the Scudetto this weekend. We'll be reviewing today a dramatic weekend in Serie A. Milan and Inter celebrated their Champions League successes last midweek by both winning as well. Romelu Lukaku finally rolled back the years. And is he back or is it another false start? Rafael Liao was unstoppable, while Lazio had a surprise defeat. On the back of Serie A having five teams, incredibly, in the semi-finals of Europe, we've got a segment looking at whether Italian football is back or whether this is just a one-off season. Uh, Nima will also run us through some of the legal questions uh, from Juventus getting their 15 points provisionally back uh, last week. So there's lots of us, lots to talk about in today's show. And um, for all our first time listeners, this is our free weekly episode, which we do every Monday reviewing the weekend Serie A action and all the biggest talking points in Italian football. If you want to support the Italian football podcast and receive all our content that we do throughout the week, including our weekly Q&A episode every Tuesday, where we answer all the questions sent in from our patrons, plus the weekly Thursday midweek review show plus interviews, post-match reaction, and much, much more, then go to patreon.com slash TIFP and you can become a subscriber for just $2.99 a month plus VAT. And for all of you listening uh, on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, uh, and so on, we'd really appreciate a five-star rating. Give us a follow and and subscribe to us. And we're also on YouTube as well. Do all that and it really helps us to, to, to grow. Okay, Nima, let's get into it. Right, let's start off with the big Sunday evening game. Juventus versus Napoli. Napoli winning 1-0. They're on the brink of the Scudetto now. Uh, 1-0 victory thanks to a Raspadori goal in injury time. They've done the double on Juventus this season. Only the fourth time in Napoli's history that they've done the double on Juve, which again underlines uh, the historic nature of this season for Napoli. They are 17 points clear in Serie A with seven games to go. And if Napoli beats Salernitana on Saturday, they will be champions if Lazio then only managed to draw or if they were to lose to Inter. Uh, Lazio, would, Lazio basically would have to beat Inter in order to, to keep it going for one more week. But whatever happens, it doesn't matter, Nima, does it? Because Napoli are going to be champions very, very soon. Uh, Napoli are champions of Italy elect. It's only a matter of time. Um, and we've known this for quite some time. And I've been saying for a few months that I think match day 32 against Salernitana that weekend is when they will clinch it. And I think that is when they will clinch it. I think this we're going to a historic Sunday um, that will see Napoli uh, win the Serie A for the third time in their history in the year 2 AD after Diego, both Argentina and Napoli put uh, turn the page and... Uh, after Diego and win their third successes, uh, World Cup and Serie A. Um, and it's a fully, fully deserved Scudetto. They have been, without a doubt, the best team in Italy this season. Um, no matter who you support or where your biases in, is, is, is where your biases lay or your allegiances lay, 
you are you to to deny that Napoli have been the best team in the Serie A consistently this season would be on par with denying that the earth would be arguing that the earth is flat because it <laughs> does not correlate with reality. Napoli have been by far the best team consistently and they have played some of the most exciting and beautiful football that we've seen them we, we've seen any team in Europe play this season. Um and I think just this, the way that the tide turned. I mean, Napoli coming from that negative result against Milan, coming coming from that negative atmosphere, suffering in this game against Juve, which I thought this was a really good game, by the way. Um, I thought it was exciting. It had drama. Uh, it, it was it was crazy. Um, and to do it the way that they did it uh, in, at the death, you know, five years to the day almost, if I'm not mistaken, to to Koulibaly's header at that same stadium that didn't win them the Scudetto. Um, they, Raspadori kind of secures it because that, that will be the moment that people will remember. Uh, even if, you know, beating Salernitana at home is something that Napoli, you will, you know, expect to do. But beating Juve away at the death after all that drama with Raspadori of all people who's had a very inconsistent season. We spoke about it on the pod a few weeks ago about what is his best role. And he comes on and he scores the winner in that fashion. That will be kind of the the the, the icon the, the icon, you know, the photo of the Scuretto is him at, you know, celebrating Juventus celebrate sorry, Napoli celebrating on the way from, you know, back to Naples, the the fans, Napoli fans greeting them, the motorcade that we've seen that Anguisa put on his social media. All of these things are now iconic imagery in, in Napoli's history. Um and it's it's truly it's so deserved. I'm so happy for Luciano Spalletti a coach who I think has been one of the greatest coaches in Italian in 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 of his generation uh and has always been so poorly treated and and kind of been given this kind of loser stamp which I think is so unfair because if you look at the coach the teams that he's coached coached whether it be it was Roma or Inter or this Napoli he has always or Udinese or whatever he's always gotten the maximum out of every single team he's coached at club level and he's developed players. He's got so many players have been kissed by Inzaghi, uh, kissed by Spalletti, one could say. You know, the magical touch of sp- after Spalletti gets his hands on them, they take that next step. There's so there's too many to mention. Um, and it's it's so incredibly well-deserved, and it coronates a career which I hope it doesn't end here for him. I think this would be, it would be beautiful if he could enjoy this ride for for a while but i mean we'll, we'll get to that in later episodes uh, but no i it was a very good performance overall i thought i thought the the, the attack was clicking again in the the the, the link up play between uh, Ossiman and Karatschelia Lozano the midfield was just it, at times it was just as good as it's been all season. Yeah, I think the real Napoli started to return in in, in this game. I, I think the first half, I mean, we've seen Napoli's form, you know, has dipped in April yeah. and that has resulted in them going out of the Champions League. And they mm. going into this game against Juventus, had one win in five games. Three of those games, they didn't score in. And mm. other of them, they only scored in the 93rd minute against Milan, you know, in, in midweek last week. Um, and I think, I felt like the first half against Juventus in this game followed a quite similar pattern uh, you know, controlling possession, but 
looking quite toothless. Like I thought Juventus were pretty comfortable in defending them. We'll come on to Juve. I thought Juve defended them pretty comfortably, even for the first hour of this game. But then I think everything then really, we started to really see the last, the real Napoli in the last half an hour. And they created, I counted four big chances for Ossiman in the, in the second half, um, mm. or which, which he didn't score. And then of course they won it at the death with, with Raspadori. Um, you know, they were very, very they were, they, it was the real Napoli again. In, I know Juventus had those two goals disallowed. They had a couple, you know, which they, you could say they were goals, but they were disallowed. But, you know, Napoli, in terms of offensively in that last half an hour, that was the real Napoli um, returning it. And that was the Napoli that's, that's won, you know, that's won them the Scudetto. And they had a 1.98 XG in this game, which is very impressive away at Juventus to have an XG of basically two. Um, so I, I think that I think that we saw the real Napoli again, um, and you know Napoli, like you said, they showed heart, they showed balls to come and win here after the disappointment mm. of midweek because that was a big blow, uh, and with everything that's gone off the pitch with the fans and everything, um, I think that this this showed them showed everyone that there is a mental strength to this to this yes. Napoli to yes. The team. Yes, they showed naivety in that Milan defeat, no doubt about it. They showed their inexperience, but. They also showed here that you know they do you know they do have the, the the mental strength that is required to become champions of you of your country uh, and yeah Di Lorenzo I thought was fantastic led by example as captain and he got the assist and um, Scala was was brilliant in the second half uh, absolutely him, brilliant and he he made a mockery of those that were just saying a few days earlier that. He, but he's overhyped. <laughs> um, Osman was a pain in the ass again. He was wasteful in front of goal. That, mm. If there's one criticism, he was very wasteful. He, had, he missed some really huge chances. But that's what we can say about him generally this season. And that is an aspect of his game that he can improve and must improve on. And Kvara as well. I look at Kvara a little bit different than Osman because Osman has been at this level for a few years now. We're, we're playing at, a club, at Napoli for a few years at the top of the Serie A. This is Kvara's breakout season. Of course, you, he, you can improve on on everything when you're when you're a breakout star, but with Ossiman, I feel that he's so complete in every other aspect um, that I feel this the clinical his clinic his finishing being clinical is all that that's the final step that he needs to take if he can become more clinical and bury more chances and mm. and, and have a conversion rate of 60 70 percent we are talking top top world class striker. There's no doubt. Well, for me, he's for me for me he's already world class. For me, for, for for me, he's already world class. It's just the difference between scoring thirty goals a season, which he'll get this season, and scoring forty or well, fifty, yeah. like like Haaland's is going to. Yeah, well, that's what I mean because he's up against Haaland. He's up against Mbappe. Do you know what I mean? He's up against yeah. uh, Lewandowski. You know, these are the people he's going to be compared to, and in, and I think that's that that he deserves to be compared to them given how he plays but in order to to fully yeah to take the to take the final final yeah, step and become exactly. a ballon d'or striker yeah. yes that yeah. is that is that's, that's, that's what i mean that's exactly that's what, what he mean. needs that's what he needs yeah and i mean yeah the party the, the scudetto could be won this weekend and it's going to be the the party of all parties i mean anybody oh, it's anybody that, that, that was anybody that was old enough and i wasn't old enough to remember the 1987 <laughs> scudetto win but i've seen all the videos and all mm. the all the all the Everything, all the parties and that went on. I mean, it was the party went on for weeks, months, actually. Months in some, and this in some places. Go, this is and, going to go on for months as well. Yeah, I mean, some of the stuff you're going to see is going to be because there's one thing about Italians and Neapolitans, especially, is they know how to party. They know mm. how to throw a party, and they're very creative 
with how they go about it. And some of the stuff, if you have a look at some of the stuff that went on in 1987, when they won the Scudetto in 1987, I mean, just to give you a couple of examples, absolutely brilliant. You know, they put a banner and held it outside the biggest cemetery in, in mm. Naples. And the banner, the banner read, you don't know what you're missing. Yeah, <laughs> like, I remember that. You know, which is just brilliant. I mean, there's gonna, they're going to do another one of those. They, they, they held, and this is, this is, you know, pertinent to, to beating Juventus. They, you know, the coffin of, of yeah, Juventus. That's classic. Of, that's classic. classic. That's old Italian. Like that happens yeah. all over Italy. I remember interviewing Thomas Nordal, the son of the great Milan striker Gunnar Nordal, and he spoke mm. about growing up in Milan. Every time Inter be won the derby or Milan won the derby, they used to have a funeral procession for the in the city for the for, with with a coffin, empty coffin, draped in the colours of the losing team. Yeah. Um, so that, that's brilliant. that Italian thing. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. It's going to be amazing it's going to be absolutely incredible so yeah we, we, we look forward to that um let's talk from the Juventus's point of view um in terms of the like the overall performance I don't think was terrible from I Juventus thought was, I, I thought you were okay I thought, I yeah no I think I thought their overall performance was 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 okay yeah it was they were organized they were com they competed well uh, yeah. and of course they had those two di- goals disallowed um which I think were correct but but, you know, it's a little bit of bad luck. The, 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 the second one, I mean, the ball is out of bounds. What are you going to do? It's out of bounds, yeah, yeah. out of bounds. But uh, the, 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 the first one, I honestly don't know what the correct decision is there. Because having looked at that situation a hundred times now, I, I genuinely feel that both have a legitimate grievance, both Napoli and Juve. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't know who, who what to do here because... Yes, he first he tackles Lobotka first, but is the tackle strong enough to warrant a free kick? Yeah, versus, I mean it's it's like I I really don't know what the right decision is. I'm so happy I'm not the referee because it's one of those situations where you're damned if you are, you're damned if you don't. Yeah, my my feeling is that I generally I generally favour the, the defender in these instances because I feel like a goal this is why this is why I moan so much about penalties and I think they're they're, they're too much of a reward because scoring a goal is so sacred in football Mm. Uh, and you know I feel like the referee should always should always err on the side of the defender if there's ever in any doubt because a goal is just so important in football Mm. it's not basketball or tennis or or even rugby or you know the sports where you can come back and high scoring yeah yeah, high scoring game you know so I feel like if they're ever in doubt and I feel like whenever it's a 50-50 like that um, you know I feel like you should err on the side but I think my issue with this and I am kind of largely in agreement with you my issue with this is and I'm, I'm saying this to somebody that hates this idea of of um, of you know the uh, what's what's the what's the saying they use when for VAR should only change a decision if it's a clear and obvious error. An obvious that's error, clear yeah. and obvious. So I think that's the biggest issue here is was this a clear and obvious error? If you ha- if you ha- if the referee originally, I mean, in my opinion, that's a stupid thing to say. I think it's, if it's a free kick, it should be if it's a, if it's an infringement, it should be an infringement, whether it's clear and obvious or not. But we know what the rules are. The rules are that the, the VAR shouldn't overrule unless it's clear and obvious. Now, for me, is it clear and obvious? I, I, I would say it probably isn't. Um, so that's my only issue with it. But I mean, personally, I, 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 you know, if I was making a decision, I, he does touch him first, and then he gets the ball. And like, but like you said, was the touch enough? Um, yeah. It's a, it's because a the thing one. is, you're allowed, like this is the thing with the with the laws of the game is that even if you take the ball uh, first. Uh, it's not not it goes both ways even if you take the ball first if the challenge is too rash it can still be a foul 
and the opposite is true as well. So yeah, it's, it's, well, it's like Rafael Liao, wasn't it? Rafael Liao yeah. last week, you know, yeah. he won the ball and then took out the player. Uh, afterwards. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I, I honestly, these are such tight decisions. I, this particular, I, I honestly don't know what the, what the answer is. I really don't know. And mm-hmm. I think that it's, 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 it really is 50, 50. It really is just where you, what your perspective is. You can't say that it's a scandal or the wrong decision was made because it really is 50-50 based yeah, on my 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 only thinking. issue yeah my only issue with this from a from a in terms of what are the actual rules is that having given having already given it i don't see it as enough of a clear and obvious error i mean but if you're depends, if you're saying carlo, it's, that depends carlo if the referee saw if the referee if if the communication with the var the referee says he took the ball fir- first before touching the player and the videos show the exact opposite of that because the referee didn't see the situation clear enough, then that is a clear and obvious error and he has mm. to look at well, it. Well, the referee the referee was pointing at the ball on the field. Um, well, there you so, go. So he thought, so he obviously thought that he took the ball, the ball before the player, which is not true. He took the, he touched the player first. But again, that then it becomes a question of evaluation. Like, mm. did he touch him enough? I don't know. I, 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 I think you can argue it both ways, honestly. And I don't I, I, I understand that you feel aggrieved, but equally I would have I would have understood if, if that goal was given a Napoli fans would like I, I see I really don't yeah. know what I, I think that's a fair way. I think that's a I think that's a fair analysis of it, um, to be honest with you. Uh, well I'm glad we've cleared that up now because then we can now we can talk about mm. the stuff away from the from, from You mean from you can you can have a hate fest on Allegri. <laughs> is that what you mean? Yes. You clear that away so yes. I can hate on Allegri. <laughs> yes, yes. Well look, first of all I would say that, you know, whatever your view of view of that, to, to concede a goal having have, have two goals disallowed and then to concede in the night in the injury time, whatever you know, the, the legality of the of the of that mm. first goal, Di Maria. Yeah, there's still a little bit of bad luck involved in this game for yeah, Juventus to, to lose the game, to lose the game, yeah. and that brings me on to the to, to the to the biggest issue here. The issue isn't about how Juventus played because I, I think Juventus were competitive in this mm. game, and as a team, they were organised. and they, And I think that one thing that Juventus definitely have, even through this bad run of form they've gone, is that they are, you know, from a mental point of view and a physical point of view, they are they're, they're doing okay. There's there's not no issue there. The issue is the same problem for Juventus that we've had for two years under Allegri now. Juventus cannot create chances. They cannot create. And I, I've been going on and on about this for weeks now. This game, Juventus had, wait for it, an XG, wait for it, 0.28. God is An XG And yet has scored twice that, that was disallowed. I That's, mean, does that not tell you how what a genius Max Allegri is? <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> he has, he barely creates, his teams barely create, and yet they had two goals disallowed. Yeah, well, beautiful. For I you, love but him. Beautiful the for you. Baby. He gets the more I fall in love with him. Well, of course, you love him too. You hate Juventus. You don't no, like Juventus. I, I, of course, you do. No, 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 no. Because the thing is, if I hated Juventus, I'd wish for Deserbi for Juve, and 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 I hope you get your wish because that would be that would be that would be I would love to see that that absolute steaming dumpster fire. Oh but God, from, from a hating Juventus point perspective, I think the, if, if you hate Juve, you want them to get rid of. Alain. Don't get me started. Don't don't get me started. But, I mean, 0.28, that's Juventus's, I mean, so that's Juventus's lowest XG of the season. The entire season, that's their lowest XG. Now, this, now bear in mind that this came, this XG of 0.28 came in a game where Juventus actually didn't play badly. They've had mm. played, they've, there's been some games this season where Juventus have been absolutely horrific. They've been disjointed. They've been, yeah. you know, as a, a structurally a mess. I don't think they were structurally a mess in this no, game. No, they actually, were very sound structurally. I thought, I thought structurally they were okay. 
Yeah. But but they don't create chances. They had an XG of 0.28, and they don't create chances at all in open play. They are, as I said a couple of weeks ago, I haven't double checked this since, but it definitely definitely wouldn't have improved because their last two games they had an XG, had an X point G against a swallow of 0.7 something, and they've had an X, XG of 0.28 in this game. So so they were actually probably gone further down the table, the XG table since then. But they te- they were tenth when I when I checked this about ten days ago, tenth in Serie A for XG from open play this season and their XG of their last games Napoli 0.28 uh, Sassuolo 0.65 sorry I I, I, I gave uh, I went a bit too high there um, Sporting <laughs> Hold on <laughs> calm down don't get excited Sporting the sport in the first game against Sporting they had an XG of 0.86 and they had an XG an open play XG of like 0.2 or 0.3 in that game uh, Inter the game that they won they had an XG of 0.65 I mean these these numbers are just 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 un- just well unsustainable but just uh just you, know, you just can't win with these kind of numbers you can't be successful with and these yet kind Juventus of could have won yesterday if, if they weren't a bit unlucky like this is what I mean he is building and, and and I mean for that goal it's Fajoli who who doesn't do the work back and that's the second time well I actually Fajoli's- I actually think you I actually think you can go as far back as Quadrado doing that stupid dive yeah. doing that stupid ridiculous what was dive. that well, it's ridiculous because we're living in the VAR age now, where yeah. you can't win penalties for that anymore. You can't, you can't, you know, you, you can't, can't run into you, someone. You, you can't kick and, a player and, and get a penalty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Juan has got his back to you, you idiot. Yeah, like, well, it, came, it came from Quadrado because Quad- yeah, Quadrado <laughs> dived, didn't get the penalty, laid on the floor and rolled around for for, for the, and then they went up the other end, and his right back position was vacant, and that's where he mm. scored. He scored in Quadrado's vacant. Right, okay, you can say Fajoli should have reacted and covered. Yeah, yes, he should. should have done. But, but it's part of know. the percorso. That's part of the growth. That's part of understanding. And Fajoli's learnt that he he's made two significant errors where you've been punished. And I think that's part of the growth process because I think that if he's going to make it as a Juve, Juventus player, if you're going to make it at Inter, Milan, and Juve. This is part of the growth. You have to learn from your mistakes, especially when you're a young player. And this is this is just part of part and part part of the course. And and I think I because I, I believe in Fagioli. I think Rovella, Fagioli, Miretti, Locatelli. I thought Locatelli, by the way, was brilliant yesterday. Um, I think this is this is how Juventus need to build. I'm, I'm still not completely sold on Fagioli yet. I'll be honest with you, but I'm I'm not. You know, at the same time, I'm not. I'm not saying he's not going to make it. I'm I'm just saying I, I'm not. I think I'm not, he deserves. I'm not. I'm not sold on him yet. Yeah. No, I understand why. I understand mm. what your thinking is, and I kind of, to a certain extent, agree with it. But I do think that their Juventus are doing the right thing in building around this group. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm, I'm much player. rather and I'm much rather them try to build mm. and develop a player like Fagioli mm. rather than go with someone we just know is not good enough. Paredes. Like they would do it for the first, like they, well, yeah, or like they did in the, yeah, like Paredes or like they did in the first half of the season with McKenney, you know, players yeah. that you know are not good yeah. enough and never going to be good enough. Yeah. Fagioli, he might not become good enough, but let's wait and see. Let's try and develop yeah. him and see if we can get him to be good enough. You know? exactly. I'd rather them go that route than just... Me too. You know, no, than, no, no. With, I'm like that with all Italian clubs. I'd rather they do that than, than go with this kind of you know, so-called tried and tested, but but not going to be good enough, kind of, yeah, kind exactly. of formula. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and so so you've so Juventus losing this game, and this is this is a big concern now for Juventus because we're we're now into the the, the home stretch, the seven games left in Serie A, and Juventus are are in the, the two cups, and they've got massive games coming up in the semi-finals coming up. Juventus's form is terrible; they they've fallen apart at the worst time possible because you know, like I said a few weeks ago, a month ago. Um, you know, Juventus were going on this good run of form. They put a, a string of wins together, and 
I mean, I wasn't ever, wasn't ever going to say, all right, I, you know, Jesui Max Allegri. I was never going <laughs> to shout that out from the rooftop. <laughs> but, 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 you know, at least, you know, I was, I, I was seeing the improvement, certainly in the results anyway. Uh, mm. But now, I mean, they've now gone three straight Serie A defeats yeah. in, and they're in, gonna make, in a row. They're going to make, and everything is going to be good when they make Interpay on Wednesday uh, and go to the Coppa Italia final. Yeah, like, they, just, did in the, like they were going to do in the first leg. Yeah, I mean, well, their last seven games, their last seven games, Juventus have won one, drawn three, lost three, scored five goals in the seven games. And that one win was a fluke against Sporting Lisbon. They got played off the park in that first leg. Um, so Juventus are in a, in a critical position now because their form has completely fallen apart. And if they don't, you know, find themselves again in immediately, their whole season will fall apart. Uh, and getting the 15 points back, which we're going to come to in a minute, uh, will have been completely irrelevant. All the, the, the fuss and the crying from both sides about Juventus getting this season would have been completely irrelevant. They might as well not even, we might as well have not gone through all this process because it will be completely irrelevant if Juventus don't get their form back because the top four race is now very tight again because but of these three. at their three fixture losses. list, for goodness sake. Of course, Let, Juventus are going to finish in the top four. Well, they lost to Sassuolo last week. I mean, oh, they're three points. They lost to Sassuolo last week. That's a fact. So only three points above Milan in fifth now. And they still have to play Milan uh, in the running, second from from last. I think it's the second from last game or third from last game. They've um, got so- Bologna away, Lecce at home, Atalanta away, Cremonese at home, Empoli away, Milan away, Udinese away. They can afford to lose against Atalanta and Milan and draw against Bologna, win the rest, which they are good enough to do, and then they'll they'll finish in the top four. Well, they have to improve their form. Uh, I mean, the, the top four race is very tight. They've only got a three-point gap um, over Milan. Uh, and, you know, the point is they have to find their form again. Uh, immediately. True. Immediately. They've got Inter next in the Coppa Italia semi-final second leg. Uh, one all from the first leg. Uh, the second leg's at San Siro. They're rightly considered underdogs to go well, through. no, uh, because they've, got, they've, they've rested pretty much all the players, all the well, stars. So did Inter. Well, so did Inter. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. But my point is exactly this, that Juve and Inter are going into that game fully rested and fully fired up. So, you know, he's he's he's, he's coming for Inter. He's coming for Inzaghi. <laughs> like, I was Based on their form and performance. Napoli is the worst thing that could have happened for Inter. Like, it's just... <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know if I'd agree. The point is they have to, they have to, they have to get their form back uh, because they, they've completely fallen apart in in this in this this month. Uh, and you know, of course, they, they haven't got Sevilla in the Europa League semis, which you know is a golden chance in the Europa League for mm. them to end this long tro- European trophy drought that dates back to to 1996 or, or 97, if you include the the, the, the European Super Cup, um, which they thrashed PSG in. Nine one, I remember that very well. Um, and you know, so they, they want to end this long tro- tro- European trophy jet. They've got a golden chance, and you know, Sevilla knocked out Man United, which is which was fantastic. But you know, on form, I mean, Sevilla have suddenly hit form now. Sevilla are in fantastic form all of a sudden, haven't been dreadful all season. So, you know, the, the Juventus have to find themselves. Uh, they can't they can't afford any more slip ups now because because every single competition is now. On the line. Uh, look, I, I want five teams. I want five Serie A teams in the Champions League next season. And there's no doubt in my mind that Juventus are going to well, go to, to finish in the top four. So I hope they get to the final. And I hope it's an all-Italian Europa League final. And I hope Roma win. Because I don't think Roma are finishing in the top five. Especially with Chris Smalling out as long as he's going to be out. That is a huge... How long is he going to be out for? Well, he's going to even miss the Inter game now. 
uh, this talk of you know because when they took him out, so when he when he came off against Feyenoord in that insane game. Um, so Roma's chance, I think, to finish in the top, uh, to play in the Champions League, goes through the Europa League. And I mean, they they play. Mm. They're scheduled to play Inter on the sixth of May. So he's the you know Roma gonna he's gonna miss Atalanta tonight. We're recording this on a Monday. Milan at home, uh, Monza away, and Inter uh, at home. Those that's four Serie A games. This is match day, so he'll be back earliest for match day thirty five. So for me, Roma are out, and and he is that important to Roma. I mean, we saw it against Feyenoord. The minute he came off injured, their defense just fell completely apart because Rodri Banyas is just not good enough. Yeah. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Listen, the point is Juventus. Uh, uh, if they don't, if they don't improve massively, then then they're, they're not going to get the points needed, and they're, they're going to they, their season's going to fall apart. And um, you know, their last seven games show it. The bigger picture, though, is away from from what's going to happen between now and the end of the season. Is regardless of what happens between now and the end of the season, and I really hope Juventus win win a tr- at least win a trophy. But you know, I, I want them to win the Europa League. I love them to win the Europa League. It's been so long without a European trophy. Regardless of what happens between now and the season, Allegri, ha- Allegri has to go um, at the end of the season. This is just, you know, I've given you those numbers before, but this is just unsustainable. I mean, eight defeats in Serie A now this season, 13 defeats in all competitions, 13. And, you know, for all those that say they see improvement um, of, with, uh, with Allegri this season, well, I'm sorry, the numbers totally say the opposite. The, there is no improvement. He's now on course for 72 points this season. On average, that's including the 15 points uh, they got back for the points penalty. And that number is falling each week, that 72 points that they're forecast to get based on the points average um, because, you know, because of the form they're in. Now, to put that into context, Pirlo got 78 points in his one disastrous season, right? So he's, he's six points off that uh, at, at, at present. Now, Allegri got 70 points last season, which he, which he rightfully got got widely hammered for. So he's on course right now to only get two points more than, than last season. Um, he's had the same number of losses in Serie A this season as he had the entire of last season. And there's still seven games to go. Uh, he's on course to score 57 goals this season in Serie A on the, on the goal average per game. Uh, that's the same number, again, that Juventus scored all of last season. Um, so he's not pro- improved the attack. The attack hasn't improved at all. It's exactly the same as last season. Um, he's, the only thing he has improved is uh, the defence. He's on course to concede 31 goals, which is five less than the last season. So, you know, I know there's been all this shit off the pitch. No one's yeah. denying that has that has played a, played a role. Uh, we've discussed about that at length. Um, but in terms of the numbers, this isn't evidence of improvement, uh, you know, and that's, that is the end of it. Uh, I, mean, I, I, I think he's going to win the Coppa Italia. I've been I said it before this season and... and I, I had Roma actually. I was looking through our season predictions, and I had Roma as my dark horse to win the Europa League, and demanded that Fiorentina get to the final of the Conference League. And, and I have Juventus winning the Coppa Italia, and I think that's what he's going to do. I think that is they're going to finish in the top four. They're going to win the Coppa Italia, um, and and then maybe even the Europa League if they can get past Sevilla. But you have to be careful because Sevilla in this competition, it's the Sevilla League. I mean, it doesn't matter how awful they are. They always reach the semi and the final, and they always end up, they usually end up winning it. So you can't underestimate Sevilla. Um, and in the Europa League, it's, it's their competition. 
So no, no, it's, no absolutely. It's, I mean, I'm a hope. I hope they're right. I hope you're right. I hope they do go with all the way. Um, but even if they do, even if they win both trophies, um, I just think this is this is not sustainable. And you know, even Allegri said at the end of the game um, uh, against Napoli that Juventus will challenge for the Scudetto next season. Which I think is they good, will. Which is I all think good. he's right. I which think is he's all right. good. And, well, it's all good of being confident. But what is he basing that on? Because I've just given you the numbers. There's been no improvements from from season to season. You can't just. Just say oh, automatically things are just no, going to go I don't from, think it's from Z to A. You know, they're not. I don't think it's automatic. But I th- what I base that on is that he's sorted out the defence and next season will be the first summer where we don't have, like we will have ca- caught up after the pandemic. No no international tournaments, no, no nothing, just three months of Mercato. Uh, and I don't count the Nations League. Please stop. Uh, that's, a, that's a friendly at the end of the season. Um, so it's going to have three months off. They're going. The players are going to have a much-needed rest. There's, you can plan the season. You're not going to have the interruption in the middle of it with the World Cup and so on and so forth. And you're back to normality after the pandemic for the first time in four years. So I think that's, that, that's what he's basing it off of. And also, he's also basing it off of what they're going to do off the mark, uh, you know, what the plan is out the window, you know, Paredes is going to leave, you know, who's going to stay. I, th- I think he's basing it off on that next season is when they're going to have a normal season. Um, and, and but again, we don't know what will happen in these other things. Even if Allegri, even if Juve were to finish in the top four, even if Juventus were to winish, win the Europa League. Winish. UEFA, that's a, that's a yeah, yeah winish, winish, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even if they were to win the Europa League. Sounds like some Dutch we, guy saying we, winish. We, <laughs> it's like Steve we, McLaren, that interview you did that time. <laughs> Do you remember that? We don't, we, but we, yeah, I do remember that. We don't even know if what UEFA are going to do to Juve, you know? If they throw your, your, your Juve out of the out of European competitions and give them transfer bans, we don't know. That could mm. actually happen. No, no, so, it could. Well, let that brings us on nicely then. Just, just, just quickly, Nima. Give us, give us. Uh, well, I say quickly. We'll try and make it quick. We'll try and make it quick. This is not a quick thing um, to do. So on Thursday, it was announced that Juventus have had their 15 point Serie A penalty revoked pending the uh, pending the new trial in the in the capital gains case. Um, the case will now go to the FIGC Federal Court. Of appeal for the last final judgment, um, so that well, meant that it's not the final judgment because well, if, they, if, they, if the judgment goes against them, they could appeal. Juventus could yeah, appeal, yeah, exactly. I know. But for, for, for what will hopefully be the final judgment, but maybe mm. won't, might not right. be. Um, this so this this pushed Juventus at the time up to third place uh, in Serie A. Um, the bans for Andrea Agnelli, Maurizio Arriva Bene, Federico Cherubini, uh, uh, and. Paratici. Uh, Paratici were not revoked. Neved and some other members of the board, though, were cleared. Mm. Um, so, Nima, right, I want, I'm going to ask you a few questions. Mm. I want you to, to answer these questions just, just as a kind of like simple, straightforward, no as opinion, simple as I just, can. just simple legal Q&A question. So, so first, because um, we know Italian law is, is just a total joke and a total mess, so this might help explain things for the, for the layman. So, first of all, when will this final appeal be heard? And will it be finished to affect the final standings this season? Or could the points penalties be pushed over to next season? This is specifically in the Capital the Games the, case. Yeah, yeah, the Capital Games yeah. case. The answer is all options are on the table. <laughs> because, honestly, because this, because what is going to happen is we're going to have a retrial on for Juventus point deductions. And 
the um, the as you mentioned the the Arivabene, Cherubini, Agnelli, Paratici, their their convictions were upheld. Um, so this is just Juventus for the points deduction uh, for 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 capital gains. That that trial needs to be redone completely. Um, and when that is and how much that is, look, UEFA are going to, you know, even if UEFA, UEFA will demand from, from the Italian FA to speed this process up uh, because they, 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 have a, they have a break-off point where every league has to be decided in order for, for the next season to begin. And that's just how it is. And UEFA are going to demand that this is sorted in some manner they don't. They won't go in and tell the FIGC what to do, but they will tell them we need a final decision on the league table for the, this season that's completed, so that we can start next season. Like that, that's just. And what's the deadline for that? If I'm you, I can't tell you with one hundred percent certainty, but it used to be somewhere uh, in, around mid July. But things have changed a lot in the last 10, 15 years. When this was when I was last last time I was looking at this was in two thousand six for obvious reasons. But yeah. since then, a lot could have happened. But there is a break-off point at which UEFA will t- tell people, like, we need to know what the final league table is because we need to move forward, because we need to know who's going to be in our tournaments and competitions. So th- that's that's just going to... That, 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 that'll put pressure on them. So that's going to have to be sorted. But what it means in terms of points penalties if it's pushed to next season... Or we'll go to this season. I couldn't tell you that right now. No one can. Every option is possible and plausible right now. Mm. Okay. What do you expect to happen? Well, this is something where I got to say I've changed my mind because of what Corny, because of Corny's verdict, because of the fact that they did uphold the convictions of Arrivabene, Agnelli, Cherubini, and Paratici. I think it's more likely now than not that there will be some form of point deduction for Juventus. Uh, for the Plus Valenza case. How much that will be, I can't imagine that it's more than six, seven points. I really can't, because it's clear that they felt that the 15 points were far too harsh and that they weren't as they... And and the way that they worded it, uh, not just the judgment, but the prosecutor said there was a, you know, there was a lack of clarity... There was a lack of clarity with regards to the justification of the 15 points. So... That that suggests to me that they f- they were not happy with how this decision was reached, but at the same time they also upheld the convictions and bans of Agnelli, Arrivabene, Cherubini, and Paratici, which again, Article Four ethics. If you act in a way, whether or not you succeed with whatever you, you with something that's not allowed, if just trying to do it is in and of itself an offence, and. That, that 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 them holding those those convictions and upholding them to me suggests that they are moving towards a situation where they will give Juventus a few points. I don't think it's going to be anywhere near fifteen. I'd say around somewhere between three to six. That's my that's what I would guess that this ends up. But of course, Juventus can then appeal that, and it wouldn't surprise me at when all is said and done, Juventus don't get anything at the end of that appeal. And if they do appeal. Then that could be push it into next season anyway, right? Well, does it? Yeah. Does it get? But, but, does it? But does it again, do they get the points back before the appeal, or does well, it? Does it stay? That we, well, that, that 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 remains to be seen because it depends on the process. If it's going to take such a long time, then then the FIGC will have to just confirm and say this season is finished, and then we'll we'll push it to next season. We, again, those all those options are on the table. Well, 
Okay, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> questions, total mess, shambles. Um, that bring, which are, uh, that's going to be my final point. Um, so the third question is, the other more serious case, yeah. uh, in my opinion, <laughs> it's my opinion, on Juventus' Everyone's pay- opinion. I mean, that's yeah. the one. On the, to me, the pay- Cruz Valenza case is just a, it's just a distraction. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Juventus paying players under the table. Will that case or judgment happen before the end of the current season? And if there is a judgment against Juventus with a points penalty in the, in, in the, the wages case, uh, and there is an appeal, would the punishment still affect the table this season? That has to happen before the before next season. That that because because of the fact that it goes to the previous seasons in such a serious way that it might even affect the license that Juventus because uh, they used allegedly falsified. Uh, financial statements to clear having clear the license to play in the Serie A you know that every club has mm. to do that is far more serious that has to be decided before next before we reach that breaking point and, so 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 that depends on what again what the deadline is yeah for, for- yeah and, and and but I expect that to be I mean I think we were one and a half weeks I expect Juventus to send their reply in by the end of this week or or mid, mid next week because the, the FIGC's investigation was concluded about two weeks ago, and then Juventus had two weeks to send in their, their, you know, their their reply to everything. Mm-hmm. And once that's done, it's going to be litigated and then ruled on. Mm. I think there is a serious risk here. This is where I think there is a serious risk that Juventus could be relegated. This is the one that I think. People and this will be, be a sporting. Punishment. This will be sporting punishments, not not just. This not is just, no. This is not, the FIGC, not just criminal. No, no, no. Right. This they're not connected. This is the Italian FA's investigation. The criminal right. case that's separate. That that that'll take years. I think that's going to drag on for years because that's a, such a serious issue. Um, they they and also it's a criminal case and criminal cases are have because of the fact that the penalty in criminal cases have prison meaning prison time you know you, you take away another human being's liberty and, uh, and movement in society ergo those things will take longer and and have to and there's a higher evidence threshold that has to be met it's beyond reasonable doubt usually uh, as opposed to balance of probabilities and stuff like that so that that's not that 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 like we don't even go into that like that's that's for them and also the people charged are not even you know they're not even at Juventus anymore so it, it doesn't really concern us. This is about the FIGC ruling. Um, as this is about the Italian FA and what they intend to do. And this is the one that I think is is the one to watch out for. And this is and it's it, 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 this is the one that could potentially see UEFA you, in their own investigation suspend Juventus from European competitions and give them a transfer ban. Even right, and and if Juventus appeal. To this one, then what well, happens? The, the, well, the, they can appeal it as much as they want, but then there is always a final appeal on this, and I think we will reach that point pretty quickly. Like it, it, it you know, it, it could be a situation where they, like in two thousand six, send Juventus to Serie C, and then they appeal it and get to Serie B. Right, that, okay. that, that is a real possibility, uh, and I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying that that is a real possibility. Okay, right. This right. The final point that that I'm going to make a point here. Um, this is just my own personal point um, to do with. This isn't to do with who's guilty or who's not guilty. This is just to do with the whole process and everything, the oh. whole system, the whole Italian legal system and everything. And I'm going to say what what drives me mad about this, and then you can tell me tell me what you think um, of this in terms of from a legal point of view. Um, 
So yeah, again, just to underline, without going to who is guilty on any either of these cases and who is not, what the punishment should be for every case, one thing that is insane to me is how everything here seems so arbitrary with these cases in terms of the actual process. You know, it's almost like they're they're making things up as they go along. There's there's no actual system to follow. You know, for example, when the trials will be, where they will be, when there will be appeals. Will it be this season? Will it be next season? We need to do it by this deadline. You know, how much the penalties will be? Will it be for this season or will it be for next season? You know, it all seems like they're not basing on anything. They're not basing on any precedence. And it just, you know, it, it, it just seems all so arbitrary to me. And this is, for me, this is what generates so much mistrust from all sides, for and against, uh, in this case, Juventus. Is that, okay. is that a fair... Is that a no, fair... I, I, think, I think the issue is this. The issue is that the admin, it, Italy, just like all countries that are, I don't want to use banana republic, but that have that kind of awe of ludicrousness around their organization and state, are incredibly bureaucratic. Italy is incredibly bureaucratic. And that's what takes time. Whether it's stadium, new stadiums to be built or whatever it is, the bureaucracy kills it. It clogs everything up. That's the issue here. Um, And that is why, no, they're not making it up as they go along. They actually have a protocol to follow. The problem is that it's incredibly bureaucratic. It's incredibly old-fashioned. And it's incredibly, it takes forever for everything to get rolling. And And we live in an age where time is of the essence and everything is instantaneous. So... That's the issue. It's the administ- it's the administrative process that takes forever because it's not been modernized. Um, and this is a problem all legal systems really have to some extent. Um, well, I would see. I, I I hear what you're saying, but I actually think it's the opposite here in terms of the bu- bureaucracy. Because you know, if you're telling me something as serious as the the wages case, and is it incredibly serious, and the punishment. I'm- yeah. The punishment, if it is going to be potentially very serious, like you say it is, you can't possibly expect an appeals process to, to be to be done in a, in a in a couple of weeks or a few well, weeks. Well, the thing is, it's just the, impossible. Yeah, just it not is. Fair trial. So yeah. it's just well, it, it, I mean, the, the right to a fair trial also in, in, involves that it's quick, that it doesn't take too long. So there's two ways of arguing that. The problem here, I understand is, what the issue is. The issue is that you've got a season to finish and you've got to, you've got to be ready for the next season. I understand that completely. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you're talking about really serious punishments, you cannot have a re- you cannot have an appeal. Well, that's the thing. Well, the thing is, the, the appeal. Well, that's the weeks. thing. That, that, that's where, that's where you're wrong. The appeal is not the main trial. The main trial is the main trial, and they're going to have that main trial. The main trial is where all of the time takes place. The that's appeal, yeah, that's fine. But if you have an appeal, it needs to you need to give it the proper time. That, and it the, will the, be given a proper be, trial. But again. The, the process of appeal is whether is there a question of law or question of procedure where the defendant if it's a if it's a matter of question of law what was the mistake or what was the wrong interpretation and if if it's not if it's a question of procedure was the rights of the defendant infringed upon those things are minor compared to the actual main trial which is did Juventus and their directors uh, illegally and deliberately pay players off the books to make their finances look better. That's the main question. That's the main trial. And that's what's taking time. The appeal will be whether or not in that main trial, administratively, the rights of the defendants was was, was respected and, up, and, and followed. Or if it's a question of law, was what, you know, was there... Um, what is the question of law that they're appealing it on? Was is there anything in that that trial 
that legally speaking was not uh, followed or if there's something that's unclear. That's what you appeal on. An appeal court can never take as long as the main court. It doesn't do that in Italy. It doesn't do it in Sweden. It doesn't do it in the UK. It's just not possible. That's just not how it works. The main trial is when the main issues are litigated for and against, and then a verdict is produced. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. I just think for something that potentially is serious as this, you, you can't rush them. You can't say... No, you, well, you, we can't you, say that they've rushed. <laughs> I, mean, it's, it's, I mean, I wonder if if the criminal trial happens before well, they might not have rushed it. They might not have rushed it, but the point, the point is the season ends in a month, so they obviously want to get it done by the end of the season. Well, they have you know. to, because it's been going on for nine months, seven, six, seven months. Look, and, and it's been, you know, and, and you have to understand the process has been going on Juventus lawyers have not stopped working you know yeah. you know everyone is working it's just that we're not we don't I just I just, I just I just find even like if you've got four because there's four cases and they're going on I mean who decides whether one of them is done this season and one is done next well, season or they're because, all done at the same time because if well, you do two of no, them no, at the same no, time, no no you hang on hang on hang on hang on hang on if you do two of them this season, then obviously you add the two points together. That is more significant. Whereas if, mm. if there's some of the points where this season and some of the points for next season, then it, then that changes the dynamic well, in, one, in one way or another. Personally, so personally, who decides I, that? Do you well, know what? This is what I mean yeah, well, by that, that, it being, yeah, well, the timeline being arbitrary. That's yeah, what I no, mean. No. no, but that's the thing, though. I mean, if you decide to separate the two, the capital gains case, uh, capital gains case and the wages thing, that to me is a weird thing. I would have combined and had both trials at once. But the fact that they separated them... Well, exactly. that, that's another, that's another that point. Is that's, cra- that, that, to me, is strange. Exactly. I would, I that's that's kind both. of my overall point. Yeah. I'm not, no, I, I'm not, I, I'm not me, arguing to no, separate them. I'm no, saying, no, 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 who no. makes the decision no, whether they're they, 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 whether they're no, this they, season, they, they all, season. I, I, I can't answer who did what, but I... But I it seems to me that Juventus had no problem with separating these two cases, which I think is crazy. I think they should have been together. Uh, because they're all within the same legal framework, meaning it's the FIGC, which goes under the Italian Olympic Committee. So it's a sporting issue, right? I think they should have concurrently had one trial because it's all the Prisma investigation. But they decided to break it up, one one on capital gains and one on the way on the so-called salary maneuver, right? Those that they decided to do that. And that is what I think is bizarre. And I read a really good article by this from Il Sole 24 journalist Marco Bellinazzo, who said, who exactly was arguing this point. The, the sporting system needs, ref- the, the judicial system of, of sports in Italy needs a reform because breaking this up like this is absurd. There was no need to do that. You could have saved, it, it would have probably, you could have saved a lot of hassle and drama back and forth by having one one trial because they're all relating to the same investigation, the Prisma investigation. Now, the counter argument to that is, is that actually the Plus Valenza case was, was already an open case, meaning Juventus had been cleared of wrongdoing. That ruling was then appealed. Then the Prisma investigation broke and new evidence surfaced and that was on basis on that that they were convicted with the 515 points which was then appealed do you see what i'm saying so there there is you do understand their point because the prisma investigation was on was completely unknown to the italian fa when they were prosecuting the capital gains case which juventus won in an earlier in, in the first instance but then the prisma investigation broke new evidence came to light that was then used in the court of appeals and juventus were given a 15 points back do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, so there were yeah. two. There was a process ongoing before that. But yes, I do believe it is my firm belief that they should have somehow tried to put them both together because this is ridiculous. 
It is, it is ridiculous. Anyway, we must move on. Yeah. Uh, we're we're fifth, on the fifty minute mark, so the the rest of the show. <laughs> uh, apologies if you if you're not if you don't care at all about Juventus. Yeah. Well, do you know what? We could have just done this first and not not debated yeah. about Juventus getting in the Champions League because it's probably going to be irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> So, it's going to be irrelevant anyway because Allegri is not going to get the points with the 15 points. So, no, but but I don't. I honestly don't know what's going to happen. I've never been. I. I've honestly, everyone I speak to in Italy, regardless of who they support and where they are, they're they're all they don't want to go on the record, but they all say they're expecting Serie B for the salary maneuver, and that is. I, I don't know. I think it's a real risk. I, I'm, I wouldn't be so sure. Uh, I think I think the salary maneuver is incredibly serious. Uh, I think I think that is a real risk. Yes, but I wouldn't be so sure to say that. Yes, they're definitely getting relegated. Um, but that is incredibly serious. That, like, let's yeah. not. I don't want to lie to yeah. people. I think people should expect. They should be be prepared that we could have an absolute. It is bomb. serious. It is serious. I don't know what the punishments would, would would be for that. I just know it's very very serious. <laughs> That's all. If you um, and I did be- that, if you and I did that, we'd spend the rest of our natural lives, even if we were Hindus who were reborn three times over in prison. Like it's yeah. it's incredibly serious if convicted. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, well, I'm sure there'll be a chance. There'll be time to discuss that anyway. Um, mm. Let's Milan Lecce, Rafael Leal show. A great week for Rafael Leal. He scored both goals uh, to to win two nil uh, against uh, Lecce. It was Lecce, wasn't it? I'm going mad yeah. now. Too much discussion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, Leal was um, Leal. Rafael Leal, two goals. Um, he scored a header. Um, which was only his second header that he's ever scored for Milan. Um, but that was that was a, that was straight off the training ground. That move that that they did, Milan. That corner. It was just. It was. It was completely. You could. You could tell because the, the idea was play a short pass in, then play it out, and then overload the far post because there were three Milan players on the far post. That was straight off the training ground. Um, mm. So it was. It was a lovely worked move by 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 Milan. Um, yeah, and Lecce were were good. They created chances. They should have scored if if what's his name? I think Banda hit the post when it was yeah, missing a sitter or Yeah, but but Leao is just he he is a he is a star. He is a superstar. You know, this is he big 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 game. You know, big big players win you games, and he is a big player. Well, and, he was the difference between a draw and a win. Yeah, in, in this game, maybe, and, maybe and even a loss. We don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I would say one thing. I would say though, it's good to see he score a header. He he needs to score more headers because somebody that's one meter ninety, he's not good enough in the no. air. Uh, if you remember, Ibrahimovic was not very good in, until the latter stages yeah. uh, of his career in the air as well. Yeah, and this has been part of my issue with Rafael Leal playing as a striker is that I don't think he's good enough with his back to goal. He's not good at prote- enough at protecting the ball, and he's not good enough aerially, um, which is part of that game as well. Uh, and he's certainly not good enough when the ball's come into the air, attacking the ball with headers, which you need to do as a central striker as well. Um, so, you know, that is, I mean, he said he's he said after the game, this is something that he's been working at out for hours after uh, training on his headers. And and I think um, Pioli spoke about that as well. So mm. that's, some, that's something definitely for him to, to improve in his game. The second goal, we know it's a trademark goal, you know, running with the ball and then from the left and, and, and scoring. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been a great uh, recovery for Liao uh, this month uh, since the international break. He's got four goals, two assists in four starts this month, and um, mm. if he carries that on, 
then um, yeah, Milan have every chance of uh, rescuing the top four. And 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 this is the business end of the season. This is the business end of the season. This is when you need to be good. This is when you need to deliver. And this is when Rafael Leao turns up. It's the second season in a row when he turns up from April, from March, April onwards into May, and that's when it matters. This is when yeah. it matters, and and he's turning up. Um, but yeah, no, we'll see. I mean, the thing is, a lot of what people aren't talking about is that Milan reaching the semi final of the Champions League could actually, could actually lead them to affording to pay uh, his Lau in the contract talks to you know because it's extra money they didn't budget for. They could mm. use that extra money to sign a contract extension with him, pay off that fee to Sporting that he owes, and even ta- pay taxes on it as a, as a wage they can afford that now in the mm. semi final so it's it's so that's a very good thing for 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 milan um but on the negative side they don't know if they're in the champions league next season so they can't do that until they know their destiny there because if they don't go to the champions league next season they absolutely can't afford to extend his contract and they will probably have to sell him this summer not because they can't afford his wages, but they can't afford to pay that 16 million <laughs> because that's mm. a wage expense. That means that'll cost me like 32 million, just that alone. Mm. Yeah. Which is... Nice. Nice. But um, talking of, of, of attackers rediscovering themselves, Romelu Lukaku in this Empoli nil into three game. Now I know he's had a lot of false starts, but mm. this was the old Lukaku. If, if, if only the for one game. Goal. Yeah. The second goal for sure. That was vintage Lukaku. Um, the first half was vintage La Caca. He was unwatchable. Um, all of Inter were, they were just, they barely, they didn't create anything. They were just, they were just walk, walking around on the pitch like it was a training game. There was no intensity. There was nothing, just sideways passing of the ball. Roberto Gagliardini got the most chances and obviously naturally he squandered them, but he was all right, you know. So, no, it's this, you know, it was in the, the, the second half. This was for once, Inter behaved like a big team. Calm, composed, cool, didn't rush things, didn't create one million chances. You know, they 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 realized that the game was 90 minutes. They didn't push too much in the beginning. They kind of played off, you know, played off the first half. And then in the second half, that's when, you know, they decided that they were going to turn up the heat and work the way the work their way into the game. It was brilliant game game management. Uh it was even, you know, the rotations were all spot on. Um I think this is how Inter should have. This is how Inzaghi should have approached this season. Inter would not have eleven losses if he had approached it like this. Uh, and I think this is more. This is completely a, a lands on his doorstep. That how you manage games. You don't need to bum rush into games. The game is ninety minutes long. You don't need to turn on. You know, pedal to the metal from minute one. Create a hundred million chances. Then you know, have missed them, and then it, you know becomes a mental thing. No, do you know this? This was more the kind of mature coaching big big club coaching that I want to see from Inzaghi and I'm glad he did uh, at this moment um, but again oh, Lukaku the first goal good goal but the second goal vintage Lukaku like that was fantastic from him yeah it, it definitely was it definitely was and uh, the question is, you know, is it a one-off or can we expect this of Lukaku for the rest of the season? I mean, he's, he has improved recently. Six yeah. goal contributions in the last six yeah. games. I mean, numerically, he is improving. Yeah. Look, my, my, my position is the same as it was a few months ago when we spoke about this. I don't think he will ever become 
as good as he was under Conte those two seasons. I just think that's impossible. Physically, technically, in terms of killer instinct in the box, I don't think he'll ever be that player. But, uh, and by that, I mean, I don't think he'll ever become world-class because he was world-class those two seasons. He was mentioned, but he was one of the best number nines in the world. I don't think he will ever become that again. But I think he does have a level or a role to play, scoring his 15, 20 goals, something like that, overall in the course of a season. Yes, I think he will. But the 30 that he was on two, two three years ago, I, I just don't see that. You want to you hear something funny, though? Uh, yeah. And this says this says more about Chelsea than it does about about <laughs> Lukaku. That, and I think everybody will agree. Anybody that's that's watched Serie A this season will tell you that Lukaku has had a largely disastrous season, mm. both in terms of form and in terms of fitness. Right? Uh, I, that's correct. I'm correct, right? Yeah. That's oh correct. yes. Oh yes. Okay. Fair enough. Just, <laughs> oh, just yes. wanted to just to get just wanted to clear oh, yes. that up. Well, <laughs> Lukaku has 12 goal contributions um, this season. So that's goals and and uh, assists, right? Now, that is more goal contributions than any player at Chelsea Football Club this season. I love how you say Chelsea Football Club. Chelsea Football Club, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's a football club, actually, to be honest. Like, where, not, where you're specifying what you're talking about. I think it's yeah. brilliant. Not, che- yeah. not, not Chelsea the circus, but Chelsea the football yeah, club. Yeah, the, 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 the players at Chelsea with the most goal contributions this season, I did an article on it yesterday. I was doing a bit of research and I just found it, it was just hilarious. I thought there must be somebody that has more goal contributions than, than Lukaku's 12. Yeah. And 12 is not a good number for, no. for an attacker. Uh, Kai Havertz has 10. And Raheem Sterling has, has 10. Havertz has nine goals and one assist. And Sterling has seven goals and three assists. And I'll, I'll just read out some of the other numbers just because it's funny. And I just want to laugh at Chelsea. So Noni Madueke, who joined in January, 0-0. Zero, zero. Um, zero goals, zero assists. Jao Felix, who joined in January, 2-0. Uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, 3-1. Armando Broja, 1-0. Datro Fofana, 0-0. Zero, zero. M- Mason Mount, 3-4. Mount has the most assists in the Chelsea squad with four assists. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> two in the Premier League is the most, by the way, for Jesus Chelsea player. Pulisic, 1-2. Uh, the Ukrainian Dan James, 0-2. Uh, Hakim Ziyech, 0-1. <laughs> so- well, so- soccer's LeBron James, Christian Pulisic, 1-2. <laughs> yes. um, Do you remember that? Who's yeah, that? Oh, God. Oh, <sighs> That, that makes me these 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 comparisons is just yeah. But I just found that I find that quite amusing that as bad as Lukaku's been this season that he still has more goal contributions than anyone at his parent club, Look, which is pretty hilarious. But I mean, if we if we overall of this game, for me the most positive thing from from an Inter aspect was aside from as I said how they approached the game controlled it was Lula, Lautaro and Lukaku together. That was Lula. That was the old Lula, the way that they, they moved together, the way that they understood each other, the, 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 the way that they linked up, not just for the assist to, Lu, to Lautaro, but just generally the vibe around them was Lula. And here's a golden chance for both of them. From now on until the end of the season, if they were to bring Inter to a Coppa Italia title, to a Champions League final, regardless of what happens in the league, look... Remember Fernando Torres at Chelsea? That goal against Barcelona deleted everything else. He will go down as the guy who took Chelsea to the Champions League final, which they eventually won. They, this is where Lukaku and Lukaku is now. If he were to lead Inter and become a, 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 the focal point of an Inter that wins the Coppa Italia 
that win that brings to the Champions League final. And God, you know, if you were to pray, play it some sort of by some miracle of God, Inter were to win that, everything the last two years would have been erased, completely forgiven and forgotten, because he would have won the Champions League and he would have been the reasoning to win it. Hmm. So this is an opportunity now. Yeah. No, it is. It sure is. It is for to become legends for for both yeah. all the all the Inter players yeah. and the Milan players. Yeah. Um, Lazio surprise loss for Lazio, and they they struggled Ooh. badly against Torino. Lost one nil. Um, I I watched this game and I thought Torino were the better team, mm. created the better chances. They were well organised. They were physical, very physical. They bullied Lazio. Mm. Um, they caused all problems in, in to the Lazio defence, which which we know Lazio have the best defence in Serie A this season. Mm. Sanabria caused all kinds of problems. Um, I thought they were very good at the back. On John uh, Schurz and Gigi um, were, were, were comfortable. Milinkovic Savic, I think, quite underrated goalkeeper. Actually, he's grown on me. Uh, Milinkovic Savic. I, I like. Him. A big, I like. I wasn't a big fan of him uh, until yeah. recently, but he's he's grown on me. Uh, and Illich, obviously, he scored the winner. Oh. It was a mis- big mistake from Providell, but but he's he's. I like him. I like Illich as well. I thought Torino absolutely deserved their win, uh, mm. and Lazio should be fine for the for the for the. I mean, they got such a big gap there, but. They just left the top four do- door open slightly because um, they've they've they're now four points above uh, Milan and and Mil- and they play and they're seven points above Inter, but they play Inter this weekend. Yeah. If they lose to Inter, that's four points. Yeah, and Milan they then play Milan not the not next week, the week after, mm. or or in two match days time they play they, Milan. That, away. This is getting this that defeat against Torino. Is not yeah. good. That, no. that, that I mean, me, I think they will still be fine because I just don't see the other teams putting together consistent enough runs I don't to know. catch them up. I don't but, know. but they've left I the door know. slightly open. That's the point. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, I think we'll know by this end, by the end of this weekend, like the next weekend, because if they were to lose to Inter and be four points ahead of Inter, then and they have to play Milan, who will play Roma at this, on this weekend as well, if I'm not mistaken. If don't they play? Don't Milan and Roma play this weekend? Yes, coming up? Yeah. yes, 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 yes. So and 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 Roma, I think, are going to lose that because of the injury situation with Smalling. If that were to happen, if Milan and Inter both win, Lazio are in a dogfight now, and then they have to play Milan. Who I mean, this this is mm, I'm nervous here for for Lazio. Yeah, yeah. Just a, just a word of. Uh, more than criticism, uh, another racism incident uh, with Lazio fans. Uh, <sighs> Singo and was it Radonjic as well? Mm. Did Radonjic suffer, suffer racism or am, so, I, yeah. or am I making that up? Um, no, I, I think I saw something about that. Yeah, but Singo yeah. definitely anyway. Yeah, but I mean, what do you expect? I mean, the the way that it's it's Italian football handles these issues. I mean, the the, the whole the, the the entire theatrics surrounding this weekend, where Romelu Lukaku's suspension was the second yellow card was pardoned. By the FA, Italian president of the Italian FA. I mean, par- he was given a pardon, <laughs> <laughs> and I have people telling me, "There you go." It's like, what would you want me to do? Would you want me to do cartwheels? You think this is good? The fact that they couldn't make the right decision at the third attempt, and they had to, the president of the Italian FA had to come in and pardon Lukaku. It just tells you everything you need to know. It's like. What are you? The bar is so. It's not even on the floor. It's it's in. It's under Satan's balls in hell. That's how low it is. It's it's embarrassing. This entire thing, and of course, it's going to keep on happening. What? How? How are we surprised at this? 
It's going to keep on happening because they don't know how to handle it properly. And and the new pr- president of the Italian Referees Association coming out saying, well, they, they you know it's right to give Lukaku the yellow card because when you when you celebrate in a provocative provocative manner, you, it's it's like this is this is not going this is not going to go away. This is going to happen again and again and again and again. So and it doesn't matter. And, and again, it's not Lazio's fans. It's not Inter's fans. Not Juve. This is an Italian football problem, and Italian football doesn't know how to handle it. It's as simple as that. Yeah, fine. Okay, right, we've gone way over today. Um, we were going to do a segment on uh, Italian football with the five teams, five of the 12 semi-finalists from Serie A uh, in, uh, in, in the semi-finals of, uh, of Europe uh, to get it out. And we'll, do, we'll save that for Thursday and we'll, we'll do a, because I want to do a real deep segment on yeah. that and discussing whether Italian football is back. Uh, and uh, yeah, it deserves more time than we can give it now. Uh, the rest of the Serie A weekend match calendar, I'm just going to read out the results. We haven't got time to talk about it. Verona 2, Bologna 1, Salernitana 3, Sassuolo 0, Sampdoria 1, Spezia 1, Udinese 3, Cremonese 0, Monza 3, Fiorentina 2. And then, uh, as we said, Atalanta play Roma tonight. We're recording this on uh, Monday afternoon. Uh, just before we finish off with Bad Jumper and Face of the Week, so we've got the Coppa Italia semi-final second legs. Uh, on Wednesday, we've got Inter at home to Juventus, one all from the first leg in Turin. And then Fiorentina at home to Cremonese. They lead 2-0 uh, from the first leg um, uh, away. So they're, they're, they're at in Florence in the, in the second leg. So everything to play for. Um, we were going to go into a little bit more detail on this on these games, but we've, we've run out of time. Um, but obviously, we'll do, a, uh, we'll do a full review of the, of the Inter-Juve game on Thursday's show. So we'll go into a, a lot of detail. I'm sure that's going to be an eventful... Uh, game probably with con- more controversy <laughs> without that's a doubt without a doubt yeah. I mean the, the Inter-Juve thing is like it's heated up so much because this is really the Serie A we grew up with isn't it mm. this this Serie A with so many teams in the top of Europe so many competitive teams uh, yeah. and, and, and and you know controversy and inf- you know and, and every single game ends in a brawl between like this is, this is the Serie A I grew up with and and, yeah. and it's it's a bit nostalgic to be honest. Yeah, it certainly is. Right, let's finish off with Badjo and Prem Face of the Week. Right, Badjo. I've got I think it's well, we've got two, don't we? It's yeah. Serie A teams in Europe for the first time ever, five teams at the semi final stage in the three yeah. competitions. Incredible. That is unbelievable. Um but I I, I wanna give a little shout out to uh to but for me the Badjo of the Week is someone who's been on the show. Uh, we interviewed him. We we had we were we were very were very grateful and happy that we were able to interview him, Alessandro Diamanti, who has today, when we're recording this, announced that he's hanging up his boots. He's not. He's he's going to end his career, and he really was a, a, had a magical left foot, and he's such a cool character and 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 guy. Um, that, Hilarious guy. Yeah, yes. He he's really such a, he's got this like surfer vibe, like chilled out, relaxed, like funny guy vibe. And he, he did, we interviewed him about a year ago. Um, well, pretty exactly. I think it was March 2020. No, two years ago. It's 2023 now. Jesus. Yeah. Two years ago, um, in March 2021, uh, we interviewed him. Uh, so go and check that out. Um, it's yeah. Really oh, cool well, what I remember from that interview is I asked him a question. I said, um, who's the, the cra- craziest footballer that you ever played with is it either is it Cassano or is it Balotelli 
and he got a coin out. <laughs> he got a coin out during the during the and because we did it on video. Yeah, and he did. and he tossed the coin to, to see <laughs> to see to see who it was. It was just brilliant. I love that. Oh, he's so funny. He's so funny. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, amazing re- left foot. Amazing free yeah, kick. One of the best magical. free kick takers. One of the best free kick takers of his, yeah. of his generation. Ma- I mean, actually. I don't know how many goals he scored from from the corner directly from a corner yeah. kick as well. I mean, is now he was he's truly a truly a truly a wonderful player and happy retirement, Alino. Yeah. Yeah, seconded. Right, Prem face of the week. I've got two. Do you have any? No, I think yours <laughs> I think yours are are so good. <laughs> okay, right. James Madison, Leicester City player and England player. Uh, I'll read out his tweet. He said <laughs> Aaron Wan-Bissaka is ridiculously good at 1v1 defender. Probably the best in the world, bar none. Bar none. So, so many wingers run out of ideas when playing directly against him. <laughs> So Van Bissaka, the best in the world at one in one in one defender. Like, uh, I, I was, I was, I was. He must be joking, right? Like, come on, <laughs> like, yeah. come on. I mean, listen. To give Van Bissaka credit, he is really, really good at one on one defending. Like when you when you have wingers that go at him, he is really, really good mm. at one on one defending. He's dreadful at everything else he does <laughs> on the football pitch. Like horrendous at everything else. But a one-on-one, he is, um, genuinely, yeah. he is outstanding yeah, he is. one-on-one he is. defender and he's outstanding yeah, he tackler. Um, but yeah, to say he's the best defender and the <laughs> best player in the world at, the, at one-on-one defending, I mean, that is... That uh, is, yeah. That is, uh, yeah. Exaggerate that is much. Yeah. And the but, second one I've got is our, our friend... I should say that that was sent in from Samuel Ventress, yeah. uh, the Van Bissaka one, yeah, yeah. Um, just to our, give him his our, credit. Our, our in-house Prem Face Hunter. Yeah, our Prem Face Hunter, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should get him to deliver these, actually, I think. No, he might as well. I mean, yeah. he, does, he, he does, does a lot of work for us. He does a lot of work But this Tim Sherwood one I found myself. So this is Tim Sherwood on Anthony Martial, and I read out his quote, and he says, Martial drives me mad. <laughs> if I was a manager... He just annoys me looking at him. His miserable face. <laughs> it's just like it, it's it's so. If you look at the video of that, is it's just so unhinged. Yeah. It, it's like what, like because some me, you know, did you forget to eat your Flintstone vitamins that morning, Tim? Yeah. Like, what's wrong? Like, did you yeah. like what was happening? Are you all right, mate? Like, it's just it's just random. He just loses it for no what a way reason. to what a way to analyze a player, eh? <laughs> it just drives me mad. His face annoys me. It's like, well, well, Tim, I don't, you know, if we're talking about people, that but that is a hallmark of the prem face that you rate a player based on their emotional emotional qualities. You know, if a player, mm. you know, if a player shows loads of effort, or runs around the pitch, and charges around like a headless chicken, well, that makes him a good player because he's showing loads of emotion. You know, if, but, if you show the, but if you show the wrong type of emotion, you know, like your head's down or or you know, you're miserable yeah. and you know, mm. that makes you a bad player. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> the hallmark of the Prem face. Yeah. Right. Was... Okay, right, let's leave it at that. Um thanks, Tim Sherwood, I'm sure we'll be back next week. Oh he, uh, he's 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 really like it's like he just came from nowhere and turned into like he's he's <laughs> he's having the Prem face version of Snyder in twenty ten, where he <laughs> yes. was like the best player in the world, won five titles, with won yeah. the treble with Inter and almost the World Cup mm. with with Holland and became top goal scorer of the World Cup. 
mm. and, and should have been the bat. That's the kind of season. That's the yeah. last few weeks of Tim Sherwood. He's having a Sherwood. Sherwood <laughs> will be consistently will show consistency. Though I'm, I'm certain of that. Mm, well, maybe. I mean, yeah, we'll see. I'm I mean, if, if they don't kick him, if he doesn't say something really stupid and get kick, gets kicked get off, cancelled. Yeah, yeah. That wouldn't happen. surprise me because he's really <laughs> working up for it. Like he's having a Snyder 2010 <laughs> yeah. like esque in terms of prem face. Yeah. He's like the blood yeah. is starting to boil now. Isn't yeah, it, it really it's is. Going to boil over. He's going to boil over soon. I think Tim is about to have one. He's yeah. about to lose it soon. Yeah, the prem-faced uh, thermometer is that. Is that, is that the, <laughs> it's the Snyder 2010. That's, that's, that's where we're at now with Tim Sherwood. <laughs> okay, right. Let's leave it at that. We'll be back on Tuesday for the Q&A episode. Yeah. And then we'll be, after that, we'll be on Thursday for, to review the Coppa Italia midweek games, plus um, a few a few segments we didn't get to today, including we want to do a really, I think it's going to be really, really good. Yeah, we're going to do, do a, a deep dive on whether Italian football is is back. And we're going to look into lots of things there. That, that should be a good one. We've done a lot of preparation for that. Yeah. And that's Patreon only. So make sure to go to patreon.com slash TIFP, uh, $2.99 a month, excluding VAT to get all of that. Yeah, please do. Okay, uh, we'll see you on Tuesday, guys. Until then, ciao, ciao.